<laughs> Welcome to a vague knowledge of everything. I am Rosie. And I'm Hope. And Cora's here too. <laughs> and Cora's here too. Little baby Cordelia <laughs> is in my arms, making faces at me, sticking so, her little hands up. For people in our listening pool who also watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, she's not going to be Cordy. They're calling no, her Cora. She's confusing yeah. in my brain because that's the nickname I know for that name. So I'm deliberately trying to get it into my head that it's a different nickname. Uh, and just so so everyone knows, because I also did watch Buffy, um, but the uh, inspiration for the name Cordelia actually came from Anne of Green Gables, um, which is, uh, it's a book and there's, um, there's a couple series based on it. Uh, the one that Chris and I grew up watching is the 1985 Canadian uh, version <laughs> well the, I think they're both Canadian yeah but the uh they're based on well they, oh, there's a couple of them there's not just two there's one that I we, we saw like a minute of but it was really weird Martin Sheen is in it and he plays a character who's supposed to be really quiet it, it's ah. just very odd I don't know yeah I'm like he's too loud just sitting there like yeah. he's the, it was <laughs> the wrong casting I have the same energy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway so I haven't seen that one but the ones I've seen are in with an E on Netflix and um the Megan follows uh, traditional version uh, that most people like. Right. And uh, anyway, so yeah, we both grew up watching that one, the 1985 one. And uh, in it, there's this orphan girl whose name is Anne who wants to be called Cordelia because she thinks that Cordelia is a splendid name and she doesn't like her name Anne because she thinks it's too plain. So anyway, but we, uh, we both thought of the name Cordelia and uh, Chris and I actually both settled on it. We like settled on it like by ourselves as the name that we wanted at the top of the list. Um, Cause we had gone over the names uh, that we had both been interested in. And uh, Cordelia was one that was on both of our lists. Um, and then we settled on that. And we also settled on the same middle name. Aww. Like it was, we, we had this, uh, <laughs> we we like had a talk at some point up in the uh up in our like little office in our apartment and uh he said well I think we might have a name sorted out and I was like well what do you think it's going to be and he said Cordelia <laughs> Annabelle and I was like that's what I think too that's it was so crazy easiest baby naming ever yeah what it's, were some uh runner-ups for the first name if you don't want to tell that's okay too oh oh I have a list on my phone um we both really like Saoirse which is a it's an Irish name um I I like a lot of Irish names like Aoife is another one Aoife was a warrior I think um Meridian is kind of a cool name which um yeah that one's kind of cool that Chris thought of uh I like Annabelle in general as a name yeah um which is we chose it as her middle name actually because uh of there's a, a family member in Chris's family who passed away last year and so it was after her yeah um so that's her middle name but uh but yeah let's say those are the couple of the the runners up that I liked a lot but uh generally we we agreed more on little girl names and little boy names even though boy, names don't have genders I understand that but like we just had different <laughs> names that we wanted to use but we uh yeah, we pretty much had the name picked out right away because Cordelia was something we both really liked. Yeah, it's a yeah. good one. But I don't like the way Cordy sounds. <laughs> and I also don't like the character Cordelia in uh, Buffy. She redeems so. herself in the spinoff series, but that's insider, that's uh, baseball insider knowledge or whatever it's called. She does. Inside baseball. I, <laughs> yeah, I liked her more in Angel than I did in Buffy. Yeah. That's true. Um, anyway. Okay, so yeah. 
so this is here with us this is the birth story part two to rose's birth story podcast yeah um hi yeah new ones make funny noises so sometimes she's just gonna make a funny noise and it's gonna be in the background hey man these Um, people listen to me every single week and i make a lot of funny noises so you do make a lot of funny noises (laughs) so uh yeah uh so right now uh i'm sitting here drinking my coffee we were talking about this beforehand um i'm i wasn't drinking coffee for a lot of the pregnancy uh because i thought it would be easier to just go off of caffeine than to try to limit it because i'm the kind of person who will drink like three four or five cups of coffee well you did that when before you were even pregnant like when you were still trying we did we were still trying yeah oh my god so committed yeah yeah, no, I, I went on to, I was still drinking coffee, but it was, um, but it was decaf. Um, mm-hmm. Coffee was kind of acidic for me during some parts of the pregnancy. So I didn't have it as much then, but I am, I am totally back on the coffee now. <laughs> and it doesn't seem, although, although like, like I am, uh, I am like feeding her breast milk. It doesn't seem that it's, I, I don't think she's being affected by caffeine in it. She seems fine. <laughs> she just had a bottle and she's having a very hard time keeping her eyes open. So, Aww. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm back on the coffee here and it's, uh, it is sort of necessary because I've been staying up till four in the morning. Um, Cause you got a watch schedule, right? Uh, because we have a watch schedule. Yeah. That's my, my sea captain husband and I have, uh, we, we met working on a boat. And so we have a watch schedule set up similarly to how you would on a boat where, uh, we're both up during a large portion of the daytime mm-hmm. um, and then around eight or nine he goes up to bed and then I am just with her by myself for uh, then until 4 a.m and you know we go around do some chores <laughs> do some laundry do some dishes uh, that makes sense because you you're the night owl anyway and chris yeah, is an early riser he's more type. of a morning person and then he yeah at 4 a.m i wake him up and then he like gets his little baby wrap on too because he loves <laughs> wearing the baby as well and uh and then he takes care of her uh until about noon or so depending on what i'm doing if i want to take a shower etc all that um and i'll usually try to wake up and pump about halfway through my sleep time but I am curious about this. Does it feel like deckhand tired or is it different? It does feel like deckhand tired, I would say. Like I get okay. I'm very tired when I go to sleep to the point where for like really the first time in my life, I go to sleep quickly, yeah. um, which is not a thing for me. Like that's not something that ever happened for me before, even when I was... Mm-hmm like probably like since I was a tiny child (laughs) like yeah like I've always had a hard time sleeping and but I don't have a hard time getting to sleep anymore that's Um, great which is yeah it's it's nice and I yeah it's nice getting that that level of sleep I'm surprised at it I'm very happy about it I don't have to take anything to like you know like no melatonin no anything to to get to sleep which is really awesome I was Um, just curious like being a deckhand and being like feeling like I'm so tired I did wonder how it like translated to parenthood and people are like you're never gonna be this tired like I'm tired all the time and I'm like are you tired or have you just like always worked a nine to five like have you not like experienced any other kind of 
types of See, work. That's the thing is I think that since we've worked different kinds of schedules, I think we're adapting to it pretty okay. I mean, granted, we're three weeks in, so I'm not gonna be that yeah. new parent who's like, oh, I think we've got this, you know, like <laughs> obviously, like there's things we don't know yet. But uh, but yeah, I think that at least as far as the schedule we've got going now, we're adapting to it pretty well. Um we are gonna have to have we haven't had her sleep in her bassinet that much so it's something that we're trying to phase yeah. in a little bit because she definitely would rather be like strapped to one of our chests or right. like being held while she's sleeping which we can totally do right now but after a while we're gonna have to get her to sleep into bassinets which <laughs> uh will probably be a struggle and so i might be even more tired then but we'll see the Virgo so. in me loves that you have a set schedule and that you're writing everything down. That makes me so happy. And I'm like, that makes we so are. much sense to have a baby log. So when you wake mm-hmm. up, you don't have to ask like what happened overnight. You're just like, oh, I can read it for myself in the night orders. What's going on? Yeah. So we have, um, uh, just for anyone who doesn't know about this, it's a really cool thing. We have uh, an app and there's a few apps you can do this with. Um, the one we have is called Glow Baby um chris uh looked up which apps we could use with (laughs) she's breathing heavy um with both of us uh inputting information uh and that one is pretty good for it you can log feedings you can log dirty diapers uh which it's not a thing that you would think that you necessarily need to do but it's really good because you realize that babies have internal clocks and that you know like she really when they say every two to three hours for feeding like literally that is her clock like if I look at if I look at the app on my phone I see oh it's been two hours and 47 minutes until like since the last time she had a bottle I know that she is going to wake up soon because that's absolutely what she does that's the only thing in her schedule yeah like I put in my uh I put in how, how much I pump, when I pump, how long I do for, so I can keep track of like what my milk supply is doing. Yeah. Um, like all that kind of stuff you could put notes in. Um, I, the first time I put a note into it, uh, cause there's like a timeline that you go back and look at. First time I put a note in was like the wee hours of the morning on Valentine's day. I put in like a, a, a sappy little note to Chris cause I had ordered a Valentine's day card, but I didn't realize it was from like an Etsy company in the UK. So I didn't get there in time. <laughs> Uh, it was like specially printed like with it had Cordelia's name on it and it said happy Val- first Valentine's Day is my daddy like it was really cute <laughs> but it didn't get there and so I didn't have anything and I also was holding her and I was like I can't I can't like write him a card at yeah. this point so I uh, just like input it in the app about like how I was feeling and like you know how I was feeling toward him and her and all that so you know you can use these apps not just for uh cold hard information but also for sappy feelings things to communicate with your partner when you're <laughs> not for cold hard not up at the same time but yeah. soft warm information too <laughs> yeah. all right so yeah. you <laughs> hit full term and we were like for weeks we're like any day now it's just gonna come uh-huh. and then you were like doing all the natural induction stuff we talked about in the last episode mm-hmm. when did you so you knew you were gonna get induced if it didn't work yeah. with the natural stuff so that was just already like in the game plan yeah it, the game plan was that if I went past my due date that I wanted to get induced because towards the end I was <clears throat> I was feeling like I as we talked about in the last episode being pregnant can be hard on you especially towards the end like gets to the point where you're like okay I am ready like I want yeah 
I want to move to the next phase. I want to get the baby. <laughs> like, right, you want to meet have, the baby. Yeah, like I, I want to have the thing that all this is building towards, you know. Yeah. And as long as the baby is healthy and as long as you're healthy, getting induced should be perfectly fine. Like there are some risks to it, which we talked about in the last episode. Um, but I considered all those risks. They generally didn't apply to me. And I decided like, okay, if I get induced and it isn't moving along, I'm fine with getting a C-section. Um, I talked about all of the things to do with my husband and we knew like, like we were both very on the same page about what was going to happen. Right. Um, so I, I did, yeah, I didn't want to wait longer partially just because like we have some other life stuff uh, that's going to be happening that I'm going to talk about probably in later episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But uh, we had some stuff that was going on and we wanted to get to the point of being parents. Hello. (laughs) She's just like throwing hands up. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, I think she just wanted her pacifier. She's fine now. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I decided that I I wanted to get induced and I was aware that, you know, it would, it it might end up being more painful in some ways. It might end up just being, it might end up being longer. Like some people take longer getting induced. That didn't happen to me. Um, Actually was quite quick, Uh, but I was aware that it might possibly take longer, et cetera. And I just decided, okay, I do want to do this. My midwife said, I'm fine inducing you after 40 weeks. Like that's totally cool do you want to do that um or like she said I'm fine with inducing you at at this time I'm fine with having you wait another week what do you want to do and then I made the choice of what I wanted to do she had scheduled she scheduled me for the induction and was like you might go into labor before then that would be fine but if you don't you have it on the schedule and we'll be all good um she checked me beforehand uh to just to see when they were going to bring me into the hospital because there's a couple things that need to happen. Um, I know in like TV and the movies, they like, they'll talk about dilation. Like they'll say you're so many centimeters dilated and that, that's your cervix. What has to happen though before your cervix is dilated is that it needs to soften. Uh, and we talked about this in the last episode is that you're, is that like, if you touch your forehead, that's basically the hardness of your cervix to begin with. You touch, you know, your cheek when you're like not smiling and that softness is how your cervix should feel and my cervix was basically like touching my chin so it was not quite there pretty firm (laughs) still and as the midway said that the the baby was still up in quote unquote the cheap seats um so she wasn't she hadn't descended (laughs) as far down as she was supposed to (laughs) she did yeah she's 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 a fun character she's she has a lot of experience as a midwife and uh i i really thought that she was i I talked in an earlier episode about how we saw several different midwives and I think the one we ended up with was like the perfect one for me I think yeah. she was great so um yeah uh so anyway yeah I was not softened enough um and I I like saying softened rather than ripened which is what people say about a cervix that it needs Gross. to ripen <laughs> to me that I'm like it's not a banana it's a body part like it doesn't I, I don't know why we need to say ripe so, uh, so I'm going to say softened. Um, when people say ripened, that's also the same thing that they mean. She's warmed up. Um, She's ready yeah. for ready for game time. Yeah. So, uh, so my cervix was not ready for game time, and I needed to go in uh, the day before I would be induced. Um, they did a a, um, a cervical check was done. I needed to see how far I was, and that was why I ended up going in on the sixth. Um, so February sixth, four p.m. We went to the hospital. 
Um, we were checked in. They took us to a labor and delivery suite, which was, it was nice. There was a nice like bayfront view, which is pretty cool. The lake was all frozen. Um, so that was kind of fun. Uh, they put an IV in my hand, um, but they like, they taped it to my hand. They didn't hook it up to anything because it wasn't necessary. But uh, because I was, you know, getting other stuff happening to my body, they wanted to make sure that they could like give me fluids or medication quickly if that was necessary. Um, so they had that IV ready to go, ready to be hooked up. Um, then I was uh, given Cervidil, which we talked about a little bit on the last podcast. Um, basically, it's like, it looks like a tampon if the tampon part itself was super, super tiny. It's like medication mm-hmm. that's in that portion and there's a string. They make the string really scratchy because of reasons I guess um (laughs) which I know it was bad I hated it yeah (laughs) that was the perfect timing good job um yeah I I, that was basically how I felt about the cervical going up there yeah I did not like it it was not good um and uh and it was really not good that experience because I so I was told beforehand that I would probably experience some, some cramping, but I had a lot of cramping, like a lot of cramping all night. It was like, it started out being like a little bit and then it subsided. And then it came back with a vengeance. I had a bad backache. I had like waves of cramps all night. I did not sleep. Um, Chris didn't sleep either, but it was just because he was like, concerned and couldn't do anything and yeah and also because like the pull, pull out couch thing they have for uh partners there is is very uncomfortable yeah um i we he did bring like blankets and pillows and stuff like that um you to be quite honest if you think you're gonna be in there for a long time you could even have your partner bring like a, a cushy like camping bedroll or something and it'll probably <laughs> help because that thing is super hard so neither of us got a lot of sleep um before I started cramping um so I was allowed to eat until midnight which is good because I wasn't starving right um before I started cramping we were like watching tv playing some cards um we had dinner the hospital food was terrible so we like ordered stuff ate some of it and then he went to get go and got chicken tenders um those are delicious so that was the thing I had (laughs) that was the last thing I ate before I gave birth was some chicken tenders and uh yeah so then like all of the the cramping started happening um I did ask them for a heating pad and like they have these weird I think maybe they don't want to use electric ones they have one that has like water that goes through it that's supposed to not get as hot I guess uh it didn't get warm like at all for like an hour Chris ended up going home and getting me an electric heating pad (laughs) um we didn't tell people we were using it because I was pretty sure they wouldn't want me to use it and it turned out that they didn't but they didn't find out till later Mm -hmm. um (laughs) so uh yeah so I used that um another thing that was annoying was they had so they had uh monitors around me they need to have like a fetal heart rate monitor on you which is it's very important but it's very very hard to keep because your stomach is round and they're trying to like strap something on you that stays in one place and it just doesn't want to stay in one place especially because they need to put on um like they can't just tape it to you they need to put on the gel that they do when you're giving an ultrasound because that's it's that same sort of technology 
uh, and it needs to stay in place or it needs to keep getting put back in place. And so we kept having nurses come in and having to put it back in place. So even if I hadn't been cramping a lot, I wouldn't have been able to sleep because they kept having to like move that back in place. Yeah. Um, and again, heavily pregnant, hard to sleep anyway. So yeah, so it was, a, it was not super fun. Um, I got to the point at like 3 a.m. I think I told Chris, like, I just want it to be morning so that they can start this because like, there's no chance of me getting any rest or feeling okay. So let's just, let's just do this shit. Let's weight mode, crampy weight um, mode. <laughs> exactly, crampy weight mode. And my, uh, uh, and I, I guess something out there heard me because, because uh, <laughs> things did go pretty quickly once I started getting induced. Um, so <laughs> at 5 a.m. they hooked me up to, or maybe it was a little after five. Um, the the timeline gets really fuzzy for me. So I don't. Yeah, you were a little busy. Exactly yeah I was a little busy um but yeah they, they hooked me up to an IV and gave me fluids they started Pitocin shortly after that and so the the cramps from the Cervidil were strong enough that I don't actually know when contractions started because it was just oh. kind of like the cramping going into contractions and at some point I was like well yeah this hurts worse like like Chris is like does it feel different I was like it feels worse like so is a contraction just like cramps on steroids basically it's what it felt like yeah it's like it's a wave of cramps it's what I what I would actually liken it to is like you know when you're having like intestinal distress and you're like gonna have like diarrhea or something like that and you, know, like you mean the thing waves. I got a colonoscopy for yes I'm familiar mm-hmm. yeah yeah so like it comes in waves and like you'll get a little bit of relief but then it comes back and you know like yeah. that kind of stuff that's what the contractions were like where it's just like coming in waves where you know you're like doubled over and it's really painful um (laughs) she's saying juno she's like hey can we get my kid the spinal tap please (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much (laughs) yeah it was uh it it was not fun yeah it got pretty intense um uh midwife um who who i'm gonna call anna um, that's that's not her name, but that's the name I've I've been giving her for all these episodes because I haven't asked if I could use her name. Mm-hmm. But uh, but Anna comes in, she she checked me, um, and either my water broke or she broke my water. I think she might have broken my water. I, I don't exactly remember because I was having a lot of contractions. Yes. Um, but either way, the water was broken, um, and so I was like in labor, having contractions very shortly after that sometime around like 8 8 30 uh which like like I don't know how long you've been having contractions maybe for an hour maybe for an hour and a half possibly two hours but I don't think quite that long um and after that happened um she told me that I could get the epidural whenever I wanted she's like don't worry about it like you don't have to wait until a certain point do you want the epidural and I was like yes I would like the epidural I think that my uh exact words were let's do it <laughs> as I was writhing on the bed I was like let's do it uh, I like an epidural now please yeah um so they put me on the list um the guy who the, the, the anesthesiologist yeah exactly the anesthesiologist who was doing uh uh who was like on the floor that day I had a couple other patients but was gonna get to where I was um and give me the epidural and let's remember a lot of people when they're in labor they'll be having contractions for a long time before they're ready to push like it's it, it's it's usually most of labor that didn't happen for me but we'll get into that 
Um, usually most of labor is you having contractions and the pushing doesn't happen till the end. And usually it takes a while, especially if it's your first baby. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was on the list. They were going to get to me as soon as possible. Um, I was getting, my contractions were getting worse. They were getting closer together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kept like whimpering at Chris, like, can I have epidural? Like, epidural. <laughs> um, and that sucks because I, I feel like that would be anxiety inducing <laughs> whenever your contractions are getting worse and closer together. You're like, I know it's coming. And I was like, but I want it now. (laughs) Um, I started throwing up, uh, (laughs) which, yeah, which it was definitely like a pain response because it wasn't, it wasn't based on the drugs they were giving me. It wasn't based on like, because it was like the Pitocin, I don't think makes you throw up, but it was, I was throwing up, they gave me like the bag to throw up in. Um, So I was having some like, a lot of pain to the point where I was throwing up. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I had to. Well, no, I think I might have gone to the bathroom the night before, so I, I don't think there was much in my stomach to throw up. Oh, it was just bile. That's worse. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was worse. Yeah. So I was. Yeah, I wasn't producing a lot, but I was heaving a lot. Uh, then Anna ended up giving me some fentanyl in my IV to hold me over until the epidural. The fentanyl didn't get. It like dulled the pain a little bit, and it made me not be able to have my eyes open so I basically had my eyes closed and was like in a lot of pain just being like <laughs> uh Chris was there holding my hand giving me sips of water whenever I could deal with it um yeah. they had ice chips I was not into the ice chips I just wanted like water um so so yeah so after uh after a little while um he did come in um to give me the epidural I had to so one of the things that um one of the things about the epidural is that you have to be still while they're doing it, which is a little bit of a challenge when you're in labor. Uh-huh. Um, it's also why you don't necessarily want it when your contractions are super close together because like right. you have to stay still for the whole thing. Um, but it's, it's a very small area of your spine that they need to put the epidural in. So you do have to stay still. Um, and I was able to do that, but it was a thing where like, he like prepped the area that I had a contraction and then, yeah. did, you know, like, so you have to kind of like work with the person in order to figure out how to like get that to happen. If you're having the contractions, like thick and fast, like I was. Yeah. So that was happening. I got the epidural and they had me lay down and I was like, I was ready for the relief to happen. And I was like, Oh, it's going to happen soon. It's going to happen soon. Didn't happen soon. Uh, a lot of people apparently feel uh, the pain really subsiding in like 15 minutes. They kept checking me and checking, like they would, uh, they would just like touch various areas of my leg and say like, like, let us know what you can feel. And I can still feel all of them. Yeah. Uh, eventually I started, I started getting a little bit numb on my right side, but it was like, again, it was like a dulling of the pain. It wasn't taking the pain away. Right. Um, and, and like, there's certain parts of the labor that you feel anyway, like, like when, like the ring of fire part at the end, when you're like, actually like actively pushing the head and shoulders out, like most people feel that anyway, but like, you are supposed to be able to get the pain taken away from the contractions with the epidural that wasn't happening for me. Um, Okay. So (laughs) I am hearing this, like, if this was me, I would either be, I know Griffin would be furious. I would either be furious or I would go into defense mechanism and be like, okay, this is happening. This is how it's going to happen. And I'm not going to be upset. I'm just, this is how this has to happen. 
yeah it's i i definitely like i start out being like hopeful and being like maybe it's just taking a long time maybe it's just taking a long time and then after once i found out that it had been 40 minutes that i was still in pain and that it usually takes 15 to 20 minutes Oof. for a lot of people i people and like and i could tell the nurses were like oh it's not working like <laughs> you know because you could totally tell like when they're like oh <laughs> like kind of it's thing not taking. <laughs> yeah and it's and the thing like is like they can't give you another one, right? No, they can they can come in, they can change the placement. Um, and they did actually ask him to come back and he was like in the middle of, of dealing with another patient, but he's like, yeah, I'll come back right after that. Um, but, uh, and the thing is, I don't think that this was the anesthesiologist's fault. Um, I, if for some people, it just doesn't work as well. Um, it didn't seem to do anything on my left side at all, which is also a thing that can happen with epidurals where it only works on one side. So it was like one side, I was feeling everything. The other side, I was feeling things at like half strength maybe, uh, which That's was interesting. so crazy that you can be like, this contraction yeah. feels different on two sides of my body. Yeah, but it's still, it's still just, yeah, it was a lot of pain. I wonder uh, if like, if it had taken you would have been like, oh, this pain feels a lot less. But because you knew what the pain actually felt like, the right side felt worse than it would have. Maybe. Like, do you, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I, so. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly if there's anything that could have been done to make it feel better. One, one thing I do know now is that, like, you know, I, I, I'm a lot less freaked out about the idea of a natural birth because... I feel like I had a seven, like 75% of the pain. (laughs) You already did one. (laughs) So I was just like, well, I kind of accidentally did a not completely natural, but not a lot of painkiller kind of birth. So you got the worst of both worlds, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I, uh, yeah, they, they asked him to come back in by the time that he was back which again I don't think he was dragging his feet it just things were progressing really really you quickly. went real quick um yeah like before he got back um Anna checked me and was like okay you ready to start pushing the baby out and I was like yep all right I guess like, so I like that was yeah I basically did click into that um feeling of like okay this is happening this is what we're doing so and what so are you like, well, doing how many people are in the room oh <laughs> okay so how many people were in the room? Let me see here. Okay, so at some point before this, I completely forgot to say um, our our doula got there. Um, we Good. had <laughs> she wasn't she wasn't there all night because there wasn't anything for her to do. Yeah, uh, all, all night. Um, but she showed up early in the morning, probably five thirty six somewhere like that. Um, and basically when she came in, she's immediately started like rubbing my back and guiding Chris on what to do. And like, they were breathing with me, which was really helpful through the contractions. Basically that was happening the whole time is like that. I was getting guidance on like how to keep breathing. She's such a calming presence and such a like good, like mom person to have around. Yeah. And she's been, she'd been through it four times and also yeah. like, that's what she does. Like she's, <laughs> she's an actual doula, not someone who was just there to help out. Like yeah. this is the thing that she does. Yeah. So she was great. Um, so she, so she was there. Um, and because it's COVID times, I was allowed to have two people with me, like two personal, uh, not guests, but I like attendance. <laughs> two, two, yeah, two attendants will say. I, I can't remember what the the word is, but uh, 
So, um, and that was including Chris. Um, the a doula doesn't count in that situation mm-hmm. um, because they're part of the like medical team, basically. Yeah. So I got to have Chris there, and later on during the birth, uh, my mother-in-law came in because we had like we 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 invited her to do that. Like she, you know, and she and she she made it very clear to me. She's like, if you don't want me to, I won't. And I was like, no, I'm fine with it. It's okay. Like I'm not going to be worried about it. And honestly, like she came in, she tried to make a little conversation, and then realized that that was not happening, and then she's like hung out there and like did some knitting and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and which was just a very unobtrusive presence, which I was like, that's yeah. what I expected to happen you know I figured she would help if there was helping to be done and otherwise she'd just hang out and um um, so she was there for part of it um obviously Chris was there for the whole thing um my midwife was there for most of the stuff I think she had another patient to check in on so just occasionally she would go and check in on them um I had I think there were like two nurses there the whole time and one of them was more involved in everything going on like she was the one who would like if my midwife had to step out she would be in that same place yeah like making sure everything was going well um so there were maybe five or six people in there most of the time I've heard that I there's wasn't like paying attention to it so I can't <laughs> really say for sure so there's a medical team for like the mom and then there's a medical team just for the baby so that's why there's so many people in the room at all times yeah I think there was probably a person or two that I like didn't even register because I I wasn't yeah I I was focused on other things did you (laughs) were you on your back like did you try the cat cow method (laughs) um so I did so because I I had had the epidural even though it didn't like really take uh I, I still was supposed to be in bed because they don't want you up and walking around if you don't have the epidural you can get up and walk around if it helps you yeah um I mean who knows maybe my next birth maybe I'll choose to do it naturally and see if I want to get up and walk around but I did not feel like getting up and walking around um yeah. but uh so there were a couple different positions that I used um one was on my side um, particularly on my left side because the left side is the one that didn't have as much pain well, well they didn't have any pain taken away yeah um, and that one like for some reason compressing my hip just made it feel slightly less painful yeah. and so I, I that's the, the position I wanted to be pushing in but I wasn't getting very far with it and so they were like encouraging me to do other positions um, I definitely was pretty clear on the fact that if I said no that they would be like okay we're just gonna do what you want kind of thing but uh but it was I think that the nurses and my midwife did a really good job of explaining to me like this is why we're asking you to do this yeah they gave you the information instead of just telling you what to do yeah so they had um my least favorite position to be pushing in which I know a lot of women like but I did not was um um they had me get up on my knees and they like lifted the bed up so that I was kind of like leaning I was kind of like squatting and leaning against these pillows like so I could yeah. put my um like in in between I could put my arms on the pillows and put my head down um and just like so the way that the contractions were working is that um during the pushing stage which it is like the final and the most intense portion of labor um for, for me this portion lasted over three hours which is longer than normal um and it was a significantly larger portion of the birth than it usually is usually it's the shortest time and it wasn't um, for me so things did ramp up very very quickly to the pushing which it sucked for my body because like I just it went to the immediate and other end of the pain spectrum 
Um, but anyway, so like the pushing on my knees was my least favorite. It was the most productive, it seemed, in that it was getting her farther down the birth canal. And that was yeah. what they told me. So, so I did end up staying there, even though I hated it because I was like, well, if this is getting me farther, I should stay yeah. here and do this for as long as I can. Um, but the contraction would come on and like basically the way my midwife coached me through it was like you can feel the contraction coming on try to let the contraction build up and get really strong to where it's hard not to push yeah and then and then start pushing and they um they could tell from my body language when I was about to push so I didn't have to like worry about <laughs> them not knowing yeah, yeah. um <laughs> but uh yeah and so then I would do um so I was doing deep breathing the whole time except for act the actual stage of pushing which then I'd hold my breath and push um and then I do usually like three to four pushes per contraction um with like a breath in between and then rest um and you're still kind of in pain when you're resting it's just not as bad as when you're in the contraction um Chris was breathing with me and he was also holding his breath at the same time as me oh my god a couple times the midwife was like you need to stop holding your breath when she's holding her breath because I don't need you to pass out (laughs) (laughs) apparently that's pretty common for guys who are like really there for their partners is that they like you know will uh hold their breath too and then they'll get lightheaded (laughs) yeah just funny yeah but uh yeah so so that was what was going on um I know we talked to you later and Chris had mentioned that they were like guiding me on where to push because you could push in the wrong place Mm -hmm. and you were like you could push in the wrong place I had no idea were you still drugged when you called when you guys called me no I was really tired yeah because <laughs> Chris was doing a lot of the talking and explaining about it and I was like no he was just really into it okay that was that was what it was and I was like I'm tired so you, you can talk through it <laughs> I, I did notice I was like he's doing a lot of the talking when we're talking about labor I know and I was like I know how this works I mean like thank you for telling me but also like he was I'm a lady <laughs> He, he was really interested in learning about it all. So I think he, and like the way that like he processes things, he likes to talk about them. And so I think he was excited yes. to have someone to talk to the process, to talk through the process. It was definitely jarring to hear about labor from Chris instead of you. I was like, okay, I bet she's just, she's recovering. So that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah. So, so just for, for everybody's edification who hasn't had a baby out there, you can push in the wrong place sort of um like I had assumed it would be like so this is kind of weird it's but pooping. like anyone, but it, so anyone who's had a UTI if you've had to strain to pee I kind of assumed it would be like that like those muscles there and I'm sure those muscles are involved but it's much more like you're pooping, pooping really muscles. hard because yeah, you gotta use like your whole abs and like yeah out. and that's and it's really like you direct it as if you're pooping which yeah. is so um, I'd heard before that people will often poop while they're giving birth and it's a thing for like I don't know how you would avoid that right. if you had anything in there because it you were pu- pushing in exactly the same place um luckily anyone who's part of your medical team for labor and delivery like they've seen it lots of times they don't care they'll wipe it away they'll remove it no one's going to say anything about it it doesn't matter it's not it's not embarrassing um you're 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 not in control of your body like of course you're going to it just is what it is so like if if you're (laughs) like if you have any concerns about doing that and you're going to give birth at some point 
just please try to get over it because everyone else is over it they don't care yeah like like don't don't worry about it it's Um, not a big deal yeah so so I I, yes I pushed uh on my side on my knees and on my back um when I was pushing on my back it wasn't it wasn't like what you see in the movies and I don't know if this is different if you have an OBGYN or if things are just different because it's not the movies you know yeah um but uh but the way that I was pushing on my back wasn't like with my feet in stirrups and like stationary yeah the way that people do it was like I I was laying down pretty much completely um but but as like as they were telling me like okay like you're deciding when to push like you're deciding when the contraction is strong enough all that kind of stuff um and then when I would do that they would have me um when I would push they would have me grab my knees and pull my knees back um, and put and tuck my head to my chest so it was like doing a crunch but doing it badly prolonged intentional crunch (laughs) yeah yeah and again it's like three pushes and so you just like you know do that like three times and then you like relax back and lay back down Uh, well relax rest (laughs) um I I was having a hard time holding my knees back there just because I was I was getting weak because of the like exhaustion and because I was pushing for so long yeah um so uh so I had, uh, I had our, our doula and was on one side of me and my husband, Chris is on the other side. Um, and they were helping me hold my knees back there. Good. It was just easier to like, it's easier to have people do that. And I like, I asked them like, please help me hold my knees back there because it was, it just, it held my pelvis in a better situation, yeah. I guess. Yeah. In order to have her come out. Um, and they, and they were telling me like, as, as things were going like you know we can see the head oh your baby has hair like you know like that kind of stuff like letting me know that things were progressing um and then so when it progressed to the point when her head was like engaging and like coming out uh which i like it's gross to think about now it's it's, it's also <laughs> it's also interesting because i'm looking down at her head and i'm just like holy shit that's you came head. out of me <laughs> um yeah <laughs> but uh <laughs> the uh like as that was coming out my midwife uh grabbed my hand and had me like feel down there um it was funny because i just immediately was picturing that scene in knocked up where they have like the gratuitous oh god (laughs) yeah it's simply like this the scene in the movie where you're like oh why did you have to show that Um, and it's just like but it was funny because that's what i was thinking about get out so I was thinking about that scene, like as her head was coming oh out, God. because she had me like hold my hand down there. That makes me um, feel like I was in the delivery room with you. <laughs> but but it was it was a really intense, weird feeling to be like in that position with my like legs up and feeling that and be like, "There's a human head coming out of me." <laughs> so um, is that is this Ring of Fire time now? This yeah, that's Ring of Fire time because that's that's when that's when everything's happening so the the head comes out and the thing is like as there's there's basically two super big obstacles to get past it's like the first one is the head coming out and then it's the shoulders yeah um and then everything else is smaller than that so once the shoulders come out it's like a <laughs> like <Yeah>. kind of <laughs> thing like that um and i th- at the last push i i thought we were a couple pushes away i didn't think we were quite as close which was it was nice yeah Um, but at the the last push uh 
she uh anna called called chris down it was like chris come here and i was like no because he was like breathing with me and holding my hand yeah yeah I, I got really I got like I was really upset for a split second I almost called him back but then I heard her say like catch your daughter and I was like oh she's coming out now oh it's happening yeah and uh and and yes for all of our listeners uh my husband did catch her coming out and um immediately which, burst into tears <laughs> yeah I'm sure, yeah immediately yeah he did start crying and the uh, but he like caught her coming out, um, put her on my chest. The the nurses like rubbed her off, like yeah. the after birth, whatever. And they also like rubbed them to help them be like, you're in the right place. It's okay. So, you know, like, yeah, because they, they have to like start breathing air instead of amniotic fluid, right? And, like, all this stuff. So, like, it's it's a shock to their system. Um, and so then we did like what's called skin to skin time. Hi she's looking up at me like a little sleepy eyed no um but yeah so like she uh she was brought up to my chest and laid on my bare chest and then we had like the skin to skin mama baby time and we have we have some nice pictures of me just being like oh my god it's a baby (laughs) i know you you. yeah did you start crying or was it just that was great i didn't start crying till later actually i was just like what kind of like i i I just was I don't know I I feel like I was in disbelief of just what had happened and that she was right there and like it was just like a lot of stuff like you know when you get so much emotion to the point where you're just like I I don't paralysis my body can't do anything right now like that was kind of where I was because I was feeling such strong emotions but I was but I was holding her very tightly and like kissing her and like rubbing her face she's she's doing like a little I think she's actually pooping. She's doing so. Base, sorry, <laughs> it's she wasn't doing that at the time. I'm talking about right now. Um, but so so babies don't develop their like um, social smile like when they're like intentionally smiling until yeah. like six weeks to two months or so. But I looked down and she was smiling at me, and I was like, I think you're pooping. She's aren't pooping. You? That's what that so means. she uh, she's probably need to get changed. But Chris and yeah. her did skin to skin too, right? they they did that later um so i did skin to skin with her for like an hour um because that was during the time where some other things were happening um because the baby coming out is not the last thing that happens you You gotta deliver her apartment (laughs) yeah you have to deliver the placenta that's something that happens um and it's the same way as the baby comes out you do have to push but it's like it's enough for you to be like oh god i have to do this again oh it's out you know um because a placenta does not have bones so it's very floppy (laughs) yeah it's just like (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh yeah so the placenta comes out um that the they cut the cord um chris got the cord and um and we had like delayed cord clamping because it had just helps the baby get as much as they can from the placenta then uh there's two other things that need to happen um one thing that happens to everybody which sucks and i think was actually the worst part um was sorry i'm like pausing thinking about it It was terrible um (laughs) is so it's the the fundal massage which massage is the wrong word for it but um the fundus is the top of the she's making funny funny faces at me she's definitely (laughs) passing something through uh anyway the fundus is the top of the uterus and basically what they're trying to do um, is 
they're trying to get the uterus to contract because the uterus is like normally the size of a fist and it gets really big during pregnancy because yeah. it has to house a whole baby but then it needs to contract back to that size right um and so they're pushing on it really yeah. hard and because because it's contracting like contraction you know um it hurts and also what's happening and this is partial this is probably one of the grossest bits of this is you have all of this stuff in your uterus that's been hanging out growing baby and that needs to come out uh-huh. so you become like a horrible fountain oh no <laughs> <laughs> it's gross it's like you're it's there's no other word for it but gushing oh my god (laughs) yeah but it's all like red and disgusting looking right i i I didn't see it so i honestly don't know like i didn't see because i was on my back i didn't see it Um, okay and and i had my newborn baby up against my chest which i would highly recommend to anyone don't um so so they they should ask you like like hey uh like like we need to do some like vitals on her we can do that while she's on your chest do you want us to 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 take her to do it while she's on your chest and I was like I want to keep her she's fine (laughs) um and so I had her um stay on my chest while they did all that and she stayed for about an hour before they did take her to like weigh her and measure her yeah uh I would highly recommend that everyone do that skin to skin while they're doing the funnel massage because it's so painful that having the distraction of the baby that you just had is it's the best thing you can have right then because you have all like the happy emotions and everything like that and it's like it's still gonna hurt to have that (laughs) funnel massage thing going on but it's just you have a distraction of having the baby like you have the best distraction so a baby that was good um uh but yeah that part is it's painful and it's disconcerting because you just have so much coming out it's horrible um then another thing that happened to me that doesn't happen to everybody is i had to get a bunch of stitches um because my labor progressed very very quickly so things didn't have as much of a time to stretch out beforehand Mm -hmm. so i had tearing um and i had i had some sort of like the first degree more superficial tearing I did have a second degree tear as well which is a little bit more so there was enough bleeding and tearing that they actually called in one of the on-call OBGYNs to come help do stitches to have another pair of hands make sure everything gets all worked out I was not given pain meds for the stitches but I don't they need to do it really quickly because I like the way that that my understanding of the way that stitches happen is that like stitches have the best chance of healing quickly and healing well if you do it as quickly as possible after the injury right and so they're trying to get everything done if I had had the epidural it's possible I wouldn't have felt as much but I did feel a lot of the stitches yeah but it was really nice having um, my doula there because she could look down at the mess down there which uh (laughs) some people look with mirrors like at their bits after like after no. they give birth. I have not I'm just like I don't know why I didn't do that anyway um, but like she was looking down and be and like right like as they were about to put the needle and she'd be like okay deep breath like yeah she's having me take deep breaths as I was doing yeah. it deep breathing was my best friend throughout this whole thing because it was because without as much pain management as I was expecting yeah the deep breathing helped a lot um so yeah so I had to get a lot a lot of stitches which how has that been in the recovery process um 
it's okay. I, I don't, I, I didn't have to like go back and get them taken out because they're the d- dissolvable kind. Okay. Um, but it's, they're pretty much healed by now. They're pretty much healed within about two weeks, I would say. They sent me home with a lot of stuff to deal with it. So it's actually a good like kind of parlay into postpartum. So the postpartum care you need to do for your, your body is significant. Yeah. Um, I would imagine it's significant whether you uh, do vaginal birth or whether you do C-section. I mean, it's just different kinds of yeah um, care. But so after, after you give birth and after uh, the generally like, like they, they do need to take the baby and like measure and weigh and all that kind of stuff. Um, so while they were doing that, they had me get up and I forgot to mention at some point they put a catheter in but it didn't stay in for very long and they didn't get much out. So they wanted me to try to pee. I wasn't able to pee right away. So I was really worried I was going to have a UTI. I didn't, it was fine. Um, but they'd given me a lot of fluids when they gave me the Pitocin. Mm-hmm. So, so they had me go and try to pee, which is a really an awkward situation when you've just been through that much pain. Cause it was like, uh, like yeah. I can't. You probably and felt I, like, like so far away and also so inside your own body. Yeah, at the same yeah, time there was so much going on and it's just like uh but they like yeah they got me up out of bed they walked me like one person on each side over to the bathroom I probably could have walked on my own but just if you've had the epidural especially if it only takes um effect on one side they're like we don't want you to fall over yeah. so they they so after they like you know did the little pummeling of my uterus um which by the way <laughs> they have to keep doing that like every hour for a while no! to get everything back to normal so it wasn't the end of that but uh but anyway so they walked you to the bathroom um and then they help you like uh kind of set up a whole situation for down there because you're bleeding a whole lot you're a lot of your uterus stuff is coming out the lining um it's like having like the biggest longest period you've ever had <laughs> um but they do have some things to help you deal with it they have um, they have these like disposable underwear these gigantic pads when i say gigantic it's like they come like your back to your front and they're like eight inches wide maybe nice. like they're gigantic um they have those they have um uh, they have these ice packs uh, that they put in there, like where you like break it and shake it up and then it's like instant ice pack. Um, ice pack goes down there. Um, they also, they gave me a spray. It's like a numbing spray that you can spray down there. It's basically like you try to like numb it up, get it cold, <laughs> soak up everything is, or like, you know, put something in there to soak everything up as much as possible. Um, I also had some like witch hazel pads that I put down there for some cooling effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah, you're trying to like put a compress on there to ice everything and get it all situated. Oh. They did that. They put me in a wheelchair, which super not fun to sit down for like several weeks after you're giving birth. I'm this week I've been able to sit down comfortably, but before that, not so much. Uh, yeah, so they put me in a wheelchair. They had us, uh, they transported us to the recovery room. Uh, we stayed in the recovery room for a night um, and then everything went okay from there. They had us like, they had us watch some videos about like some not fun things like shaken baby syndrome, like to tell you to not fucking shake your baby, like, which 
it's like stressful to watch because it just yeah. made me angry at anyone who would ever do that right and you're um, like a brand new mom so you're like why yeah. would I do that to my baby yeah, exactly and I'm like I'm sure some people need to see this I didn't need to see it but okay um so yeah they, they have you uh go to the delivery or not the delivery room the recovery room um at that point I hadn't showered I really wanted to shower um they told me like oh like let us know before you're gonna shower like they did at some point clear me to like walk around on my own but they said let us know before you go shower and I knew that they were gonna want to walk me in there but I was like I just want to go fucking do it so I was like I'm gonna obey the letter of the law and not the spirit of the law I like like press the call button I was like hey they just told me to let the nurses know when I'm gonna go shower so I'm gonna go do that and then I just went in and (laughs) immediately did and I guess they they came in and like checked for me and Chris later on was like yeah they definitely wanted you to wait but I didn't want you to have to wait because I knew you were fine so so yeah that that first shower after giving birth one of the best showers I've ever taken probably because you know got myself feeling a little bit more like a human um it was nice I will say that just so everyone knows when you you can't like walk around completely naked after you take a shower when you are uh when you've just given birth like I because I like just went to like walk across the room like after I'd come out of the shower I went to like walk across the room to like grab the numbing spray from the counter or something and I left like a trail of blood because I was bleeding so much yeah yeah it seems like it looks like murder at the same time (laughs) yeah pretty much so like there's a lot of bleeding going on um I'm really happy they have all of the stuff that they have now to uh to make that feel better because that would suck to not have any of that stuff um yeah. oh by the way also this is just kind of like random postpartum stuff to know but you um um you shouldn't wipe for the first while like maybe the first week after you give birth they give you a bottle to like a squeezy bottle that you fill with water um and then you rinse down there so it's more like a bidet situation oh. uh, and then you can pat dry but like under no circumstances should you adding pressure in like that area because like anything that hasn't been torn is really sensitive and the stuff that has been torn is still healing so uh yeah so just so you know you're not gonna be able to wipe for a while you're gonna be walking around wearing some diapers I would recommend for for anyone who is getting ready to give birth definitely go get yourself like maybe a couple packs of adult diapers because Mm -hmm. they have built-in pads and you can put in something extra in there like maybe put in some like witch hazel spray or whatever to cool it down it like they can hold your ice pack etc don't expect that you're going to be wearing underwear right afterwards because you never know you might end up getting a lot of stitches etc but even if you don't get those stitches you're still going to be bleeding a lot because um not only is it clearing out your uterus but you have a wound in there basically from where the placenta was attached and then it detached um so just just remember something detached in there and it was connected by like blood vessels and stuff like that so it's part of the reason that you're bleeding so much so it does take um I've heard anywhere from three to six weeks I'm about three weeks out and I would say I'm almost done healing it seems and now yeah. you have a little baby. And now I have a little baby. And she is 
she's asleep in her little elephant pajama onesie and she is adorable and completely <laughs> worth it and i'm very happy that we decided to have this baby she's very precious she's, she is she is absolutely wonderful oh, hands up again yeah this girl's trying to party oh she's very tired <laughs> she's passed out like her papa yeah so she she didn't actually wake up she just threw her hands up and then put them back down but that was my delivery story i'm so proud it's of you it's a little you. bit different being induced uh yeah i i hope next time that i don't have to be induced um just because it'd be nice to be able to go naturally into labor it's definitely a different experience having like a scheduled thing where you go in and you're like yes. okay time to take the baby out of me that it is right. to be like it's time you know like i didn't yeah. have that moment um which is fine like it's all right uh but i you know like i would hope not to have to go through it again i even if i have to get induced again that's fine i just especially hope that i don't have to do the cervidil again which is unlikely since like my body's already gone through it it's more likely that it will happen on its own yeah um but having my cervix soften like that I would say like nobody warned me how intense that could get I don't know if it gets that way for everyone but it was it was really really painful and yeah. it also meant that the next day I like I had not slept for that whole night so so just just be aware that that's the situation and that maybe sometimes they downplay a little bit how painful that will be. So, yeah. She's passed out. Yeah, she is completely passed out. Aww. She's adorable. We're very excited. We did a little photo shoot with her on the ship where Chris and I fell in love. Gross. And, uh, <laughs> oh uh and uh and also well it's also where hope and i met and became that's also where you friends. and i fell in love yeah <laughs> <laughs> we uh there is this uh so that you know this hope uh there's yeah. a hatch that we used to eat uh lunch on all the time and uh chris was like oh you should go take a pic picture with her on the hatch and so cordelia and i have a picture of us like sitting on the hatch for where you, you and i would eat yeah <laughs> that's too much for me yeah so i haven't actually seen the literally on sent his me, phone sent me that picture and been like where are you like taking a picture Aww. where i'd be sitting i love that hat yeah oh that's so cute okay i'm gonna stop crying now yeah. anyway so my shout out this week is rosie kusan o'brien for having a baby yeah, and my shout out is Cordelia Cousin O'Brien for being that baby. <laughs> for being a baby. Um, and my husband, Chris Cousin, because he yeah. was a really, really good person to, he's a good person to do all this with. And he you, was, uh, you really made he's, all, he's been very, he's, he's, he's very interested in the whole process, which is like, and I know that that sounds like just like a silly kind of thing to say because of course you'd be interested, but like, mm -hmm the the amount that he's like learned about the whole process has been yeah. really cool because it means that like we can talk about stuff beyond beyond the level like we could talk about stuff that was going on in my body which is a really nice thing to be able to talk yeah. about with a partner and to have someone who's like who starts those conversations um is a nice thing and you made his fatherhood dreams come true which we all know he's been dying to be a dad his yeah. whole life so 
yeah he has been he's been dying to be dead he's been doing a really good job so yeah well maybe also shout out to my doula miss ann she did a really good job yeah just for anyone who since i didn't go over this exactly um the the doula is there to take care of the person who's giving birth in the scenario the birthing partner Um, yeah they're they're there to like you have a medical team that's taking care of everything, everything going on physically um and then the doula is there to try for you to be as comfortable as possible to help you advocate for yourself to remind you of like so this is what you wanted to do this is when we need to tell them about this thing this is yeah you know etc etc they like you know they can massage your back they can tell your partner what they should be doing uh which is nice because i think the partner can sometimes like get overwhelmed and forget what's going on (laughs) get overwhelmed forgets going on so like the doula is there to facilitate the birth experience to be as positive as it can be for you so that can be seen and knocked up whenever the doctor's like i need my job is to get that baby out safely we need to do Mm -hmm. that now and Ben, seth rogan's character is like can you please just listen to her i need you to be nice to her he's doing doula shit yeah yeah absolutely like he's he's being the the partner that yeah. she needs him to be right then and and the thing is in that situation like the doctor's right that's what he's there for right so i mean he's a dick about it but that's what he's there for <laughs> <laughs> and he was definitely someone that i was randomly thinking about as i was giving birth because i thought about knocked up <laughs> so i was picturing like seth rogan and ken jong <laughs> this is good i think we're bonding this is healthy yeah this is healthy <laughs> you should tell her that when you guys are bonding <laughs> uh, fun fact ken jong actually was a doctor and that was his yeah. i think it was his first acting role I yeah because they needed a doctor <laughs> yeah and now he's an actor yeah fun all right well all right she looks like she's ready for a night of partying she is yeah she's gonna tear it up (laughs) she's the smallest little baby she's so small yeah she's so cute in her little jammies i i'm so excited for our listeners to hear us wax philosophical about how cute your baby is and not be able to see her (laughs) we will post uh i'm gonna i'll post some uh photos on the instagram of (laughs) us doing uh us doing podcasts at well i don't want to take a picture of this She's yeah you doing... should because my phone's across the room so <laughs> need a little baby she's so tired <laughs> do you want to sign well, off as always i'm rosie <laughs> and facts matter i am hope and now that you know better be better bye, bye.